You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to the latest episode of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to say I am joined, not on the phone this time, but in person by Tom Hiscott, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Good to see you, and yeah, it's been a fast start to the season, so, so plenty to discuss. Very much so. We are in the Royal Oak. We've got a we've had a change of venue from our from our normal um, haunt in the uh, in the Ram just down the road. But we're here at the Royal Oak um, to discuss the fixtures predominantly that started on Saturday the tenth uh, of August. And um, we've got a couple of interviews, of course, as well to bring you over the course of this podcast. We will be hearing from the Exmouth Town manager Kevin Hill. Uh, so he'll be telling us about another one of our of our league's new sides and also we'll be hearing later in the podcast from Radstock Town manager yes the manager of the miners Brett Partner as well uh, will be he'll be on this week's edition as well but um, we'll kick off not by talking about the fixtures on um, Saturday the 10th actually we're going to go right back to the beginning of the week not necessarily because uh, we want to talk about the uh, the games that were played on Tuesday the 6th of August but um, three games in the Premier Division all with three figure games and the largest was Bridgewater against Cribs, 237. I mean, that's that's fantastic, isn't it, for the Western League? I mean, yeah, looking at those numbers, um, four midweek games, including the, the Westbury game on Wednesday night, all upwards of 130. Um, yeah, peaking with the, the Bridgewater gate of 237, which, yeah, I don't know if it's early season. I don't know if it's uh, the fact that they're obviously in, in the heart of the summer, but that is, yeah brilliant to see so hopefully that continues and I mean looking looking at the weekend there was a fair few obviously cup games going on and but there were still some some big crowds uh, among the among the teams in our division so yeah fingers crossed that continues uh, through through the through the winter months obviously the western league family's been missing they've been in with they've had yeah. withdrawal symptoms over the summer as of course we have well very much so um, but it is great isn't it to see such um, great fixtures and i think perhaps there's a lesson to be learned here it's the because of course we're getting used now to the, the beginning of the english football league season mm-hmm. the beginning of the premier league season uh, and um, you know perhaps the fixture gods are telling us there that maybe there's a particularly in the month of august hopefully it will carry on for the rest of the season but if there's appetite for football then the fans will go and watch it wherever it is yeah absolutely i mean it go everything comes together doesn't it it's if you can get things right such as pricing and and entertainment on on a saturday afternoon then then people are going to come and watch and 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 trot out and then he- probably head back and watch as you say premier league matches on on the telly so um yeah it, it's all it's a good package and yeah fingers crossed it continues if you play it, they will come. There you go. Now, we are going to kick things off for this week's podcast with the FA Cup Extra Preliminary Round. There was a game on Friday the 9th of August, Plymouth Parkway. Of course, we expect an awful lot of them this season against Buckland. Disappointment for Buckland on the opening day of the season. I know that's a club with lofty ambitions. They travelled. It's a difficult visit to Plymouth Parkway. 181 saw this, and it was a tight affair, Tom. It was, and 181... Heading out into the the wet night, uh, it wasn't a wasn't a particularly uh, pleasant evening on Friday down in Devon, and it was Plymouth Parkway who came out with the the win uh, by the tightest of margins. It was a one nil victory for them, uh, and the goal coming from Jack Calvert just before half time. Uh, he was played in by Adam Carter, and uh, yeah, managed to finish off, and that was how it stayed. They kept a kept a clean sheet in the second half, and it was Parkway who progressed one nil. 
and they take on Porton Rovers of the Southern League um, in the next round so that would be an interesting one I'm sure one we'll be talking about on the podcast now we move on to the games that were played on Saturday the 10th of August and of course plenty more extra preliminary round matches in the FA Cup we're going to kick our uh, coverage off this week uh, at the Theatre of Cheese where Cheddar of course, a team, as we've said exhaustively last week on the podcast, that um, could well have been playing their football in the Premier Division this season against a team that's well established in that league, Bradford Town. Um, come on the Bobcats. And uh, a big, another three-figure crowd of 157 saw this one, and it was another tight affair. It really was, yeah. Obviously, Cheddar, as you say, a team that probably wished they were playing in the Premier Division, and they got to take on one of those sides early in the season, and and they gave the all. Uh, it was a, it was a goalless first half uh, before Bradford completely um, shut out the cannon. In the second half, Nikhil Plummer scoring a hat trick uh, in six minutes, uh, all within the first uh, 15 minutes or so of the second half beginning. So uh, a three-nil lead for the away side. Plummer scoring a hat trick, uh, but the Cheeseman never never laid down and uh, fought back. Uh, Adam Jones um, scoring twice. Uh, obviously another. Another man who did well last season. Uh, yeah, scoring twice, second pretty late on. Weren't quite able to force home an equaliser. And it was uh, Bradford, uh, the Bobcats, as you say, who held on and, and gained a 3-2 victory and progress through to the next round. Now, our next featured game is Exmouth Town. We had them on last week, didn't we, on the podcast. They're a new side to the Tool Station Western League. Uh, they won their opening game in the league and then they were successful against Barnstable Town in the FA Cup so they've had a very good start to life in the Western League yeah absolutely two wins from two and taking on another uh, Devon side in Barnstable and a, a mammoth crowd of 301 I don't know if that's anything to do with the away my fans potentially coming not not too too much of a distance but if the Exmouth are, are bringing those sort of numbers to, to the league then that's fantastic and it was a, a pair of first half goals for them uh, from Aaron Denny and then Jordan Harris uh, which helped uh, book their uh, passage through to the next round a 2-0 win over Barnstable um, Exmouth Town I very nearly got them on uh, last week um, but I thought it was a great time to get on the uh, the league's new boys this week and uh, so I took this opportunity to get in touch with Kevin Hill the Exmouth manager and I started off by asking him about that monster crowd on Saturday 301 was it a help or was it a hindrance? Oh definitely a help to be fair I said it's, it's been massive same as last year we started getting crowds of decent of 200 250s quite regularly towards the end of the season or the last after Christmas and we, we do get a good following to be fair so and like I say we are a big town I think we're the biggest town in Devon actually so hence we hopefully get the support well, you, you certainly did at the weekend. Now, Barnstable are a Southern League side. Is that where you'd like your side to be playing ultimately? Yeah, of course. Everyone does. Obviously, my ambition is to go as high as I can. Obviously, same as, same as in football career, you go, everyone wants to strive and go the highest they possibly can. If I could take Exeter up there, brilliant by all means. But the first and foremost interest, what we're trying to do is don't want to suddenly fast track everything or go wrong where. We suddenly jump the league too quick and it all fails and all goes wrong. I said we've got a nice following now and the club's running smoothly. But yes, we want to let him up to where they are, the next league up. Hopefully, in the next five years, we've got a little plan to be up there. So that's a five year plan. So if you're not up there at the end of the season, that's not the end of the world for you? Yeah, it's, it's not that. But I said our chairman is ambitious. He would love to see us somewhere like Tivert and I now and things out of the league again. But like I said, it's in five years and some that. Got a little ambition, so but no, it's nice to have that and like I said, strive for it. But 
So, of course, that win against Barnstable, that was in the FA Cup, but you started life as a Western League side um, with a win against Bridport. That wasn't a bad way to kick things off for you this season. No, obviously, brilliant win for us, really. It's just getting that first game out under your belt. I like saying winning 4-1. Yeah, I had a few people out, and I know Bridport have got new players coming in because I've done a lot of work on them before and found out a few bits about them. Yes, they got a few new faces. To the youngsters, but I said, look at their result in the week. They only lost 2 1 to Bitten on Saturday. And I was missing a few last week. Obviously, A time, he's one of the main strikers and that lot. He was missing along with Carl Rickard, so it was nice to get that win against Bridport. So, how was your pre season? Was it everything you wanted it to be? To be fair, it was a bit different, actually. I said, we had one or two teams pull out on us last minute. So, the fixtures weren't the greatest fixtures, but. Like I say, a game's a game, you get a run out, and as long as the guys knew how we were playing and that lot, it's, we were in training, yeah, and everything was good. Now, for the for the Exmouth fans, of course, listening to this, I'm sure they'll be particularly interested to hear about any new faces that you've added to your lineup. So are there any names that we've got to look out for? I've added three new faces. There is a couple that I have signed on, but at the moment, they're obviously playing other clubs. They, they want to come up. I want to be loyal to the players that got me up in the league. You know, it's, uh, I've been loyal to the players that got up. I have added three more. Obviously, two of two have gone. One retiring. That lot. You know, me stepping down. Someone's gone elsewhere. But yeah, is I've added three more and I've had experience. Obviously, we were the best defence in the league last year in the Peninsula League, and everyone think, oh, I don't need to strengthen there, but I have. I've gone in. The Tivert captain come available to me. He's a really good friend of him. Tom Gardner, and he's been excellent. As a big lad at the back, as experience, well talks. Talks a great game, and they love the youngsters around him as well. Um, obviously, when he come available, I couldn't turn the likes of him down. And the same for Jamie Richards. He's, he's a Tivert lad, obviously at Buckland last year, but I get on really well with him. And I think by likes of me signing Tom Gardner, his mate, and a few others, it's alerted a few people how strong. A little strong side we've got now coming along. So he's a work addition. And he's right back, playing anywhere along the right, off the bottom one, to the field. And Adam Bilcock, very tidy player on the ball, comfortable in the centre of the field. He's happy to spray it either the feet, left or right, wants the ball. So it gives me options in there as well again. Now, the Western League's got a burgeoning contingent of Devon sides now. Does that make the prospect of you moving from the Peninsula into the Western League more appealing? Yeah, of course it does. Obviously, where we're situated, we're almost in the middle. You know what I mean? It's only like an hour and a quarter to the furthest person, an hour and 20, where you could go down to your health drugs, which is a drive trip for us anyway. Last year, you're out of us, you're bobbing, so it's, it's no different than us going up to around the back of Cambridge and bit of, you know what I mean? takes us like an hour to get up to Gorday and less than that from where we are. That's ideal. So, I mean, is it is it a prospect that you're relishing then, the, the sort of the, the challenge of taking on Western League opposition? Yeah, it has been. I said, Exmouth used to be there years ago. I think they dropped out about 40 years ago. But when I first started playing football for them, that's where I, I, I played in the Western League. Great. There was Western League at the time. And that's, I remember playing your Westbury's, your Warminster's, your Meltrams. When I first started off, because the next was dropped out of it, but now they're back in it. But they, to be fair, it's where they wanted to be in the last four or five years, trying to get there. 
Well, well you're certainly here now and uh, looking forward to seeing how you get on. Uh, you've got Bitten up next. Now, undoubtedly, they're one of the pre-season favourites for promotion. Um, that's going to be a great yardstick for you and your team, isn't it? Yeah, it will, it will be a great yardstick for our team. There's early draws and that lot, you don't know how it's going to go. That's why that Bridport game was massive. When I say massive, I didn't put any burden on the players, but me personally, was I knew what two league games we had next was Bitten away and Plymouth Parkway away. And then we got, then obviously now we've got Yate away in the cup, but obviously if we lose to Bridport at home and then we've got two potential tough games away, you know what I mean, on the trot? Mm. Yes, get them, get them over and done with to start with. Anybody can lose to them on the day, but if we turn up and we upset them, and then it might make people stand up and take note of us. I said, but saying that we want to take one game at a time, but it will be hard Saturday. One final question. Obviously, you know, we've said you're you're new to the Western League in terms of sort of this current incarnation of the side. And so there will be fans sort of uh, who, who for, for whom you are an unknown quantity, both yourself and, and the club. So I'm sure there's plenty of people listening to this who will be looking forward to their trip to your ground. Um, but yeah. could you tell... Could you tell us a little bit about about your route um, to the Exmouth dugout? Basically, obviously, when, when I come out of the, the footballing career, obviously coming down when I was getting too old to play, I was leaving obviously, obviously Torquay, Dorchester, then Tiverton. Obviously, and obviously I live in Exmouth now, but I lived in Burnley Solder before. I ended up playing for Exmouth. I think still late, into the late 30s, early 40s. I'm 43 now, but I was still playing up to two years ago. Uh, I still play now. I'm signed on now, so I will still chuck myself in when needed. It ended up being, and obviously last year my local, my local team at the time was Bundy Soccer, and they were about to fold. And they had like six signed on because I lived right next door to the ground at the time. I couldn't see them go bust. Of course, I was still a player at Exmouth, and they asked me, and I thought the last thing I wanted to see was the local team fold and I'd go out. So I ended up going over managing them for the first year. Obviously. 
yeah, top one now. I think they finished second for bottom the year before. And then we ended up, I took them to third last year, or the year before. And then obviously Exmouth come back in for me because I left Exmouth as a player. I was asked to come back in here and obviously Exmouth finished fourth for bottom in that late season. And then my first season of last year got promoted second. So, done really well. So I've ended up coming across that way. So really, so this is only my like, start my third year of management. And my thanks to Kevin for his time. Now, moving on to um, the Stoke City, yeah. as they were, as they once were, of the Western League. Brislington, of course. And we, uh, we had, a, we had a, a wry smile about them last week, didn't we, Tom, on the podcast. Um, this, this week, they were up against um, Premier League new boys, um, Canesham Town, in the, uh, the FA Cup, extra preliminary round. Another three-figure gate. This is another huge gate. Um, of course, it's a local derby for Brislington. And, um, well... Talk of their demise, I think, has been greatly exaggerated. Absolutely. An impressive 1 0 win away at Canesham, and uh, yeah, they ma- managed to hold up for, for the majority of the match. A third minute goal from Craig Parsons giving them the lead, uh, pretty much the earliest uh, possible moment, uh, and they managed to hold firm. Canesham were able to break them down, and it was, yeah, Brisington who gained the bragging rights and uh, gained the, uh, the, the place in the next round. And finally, our last featured game in the FA Cup um, extra preliminary round. Feature Shepton Mallet. Um, they were at home to last season's cup specialists, Cadbury Heath. They had a very good run in the FA Vars and the Les Phillips Cup last season. How would they fare against um, against Shepton Mallet this season? Not too well, unfortunately, for them. Uh, a three-one win for Shepton at home. Uh, another three-figure gate, which is which is excellent to see. And uh, yeah, Shepton. I don't want to pick too soon. It's only the 12th of August as we speak here, but they're a, yeah, they're a team I've definitely got my eye on to to start the season. Uh, and a 3-1 win for them, as I say. Goals from Craig Loxton, uh, Asa White and Jack Fillingham. Uh, three players who, yeah, I've seen their names pop up every now and then. And uh, I know Fillingham's uh, looks like a pretty astute signing. And, uh, yeah, a 3-1 win at home to Cabri Heath. And that's hopefully a sign of things to come for, for Shepton. And they're through to the next round. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a Tool Station near you. Now, moving on to the First Division, and, um, well, we open our um, coverage of the First Division with the, the only three-figure attendance at, um, at First Division level. Devizes Town took on Warminster Town. It was the El Multico. Well, you're going to have to explain what the El Multico is for me, because I'm, yeah, not local, and I know you were one of those uh, in attendance. Uh, but it was Warminster who, uh, yeah, ran out 3-1 winners uh, away at Devizes. Pretty entertaining uh, affair from all accounts. And, uh, yeah... One was to join a plethora of sides who now have three points from two games. It's been a uh, been an interesting start in the first division, and it was goals for them from uh, Jack Millock, uh, Charlie Walton, and then debutant Francois Allen, uh, handing them the victory. Uh, Devizes uh, suffering a second defeat. Uh, despite drawing level at the end of the first half through Jack Hopper, but it was uh, Warminster who pushed on uh, after the break and, and bagged all three points. The um, the El Multico comes from um, it's the Battle of the Breweries. Okay. Okay. So what's so you've got a Wiltshire derby between between Devizes and Warminster. What's the common factor? We, we we've got to have a common factor here. 
and um, it, well, I've gone with the breweries. So um, we've got Warminster Maltings, who are behind Warminster Town Football Club. Now, in fairness, they make a lot of malt. I don't think that they make a great deal of beer, mm. but they make they make products for beer. Um, so you've got to give me a little bit of artistic license here. And of course, we've got Wadworths, the great you know the great Wiltshire powerhouse of brewing, you know, across Wadworth Shire. Um, who uh, who have been you know long time supporters of of Devizes Town. So that's where El Multico was born. Of course, what's perhaps more interesting about this fixture is that last season Devizes thrashed Warminster at um, at, at Nursted Road. Um, I would think on bat. You know, you look over the course of the season last season. Well, very much so. Mm. You look over the course of the season, uh, Warminster definitely having the better season than Devizes uh, last term, but um, I think a number of um, circumstances compiled last season to um, um, to put that Warminster side. It was, you know, it was uh, it was a difficult game for them, but uh, they, they, you know, they made up for it. What was difficult for both sides, Tom, was the weather. Right. Um, there was a very gusty wind, and we we norm, you know we nearly saw some quite spectacular goals scored, yeah. where the sort of the ball gets hoofed, hoofed high into the Wiltshire um, air and. Well, very much so, and it was all swirling around. It could have just nipped under the bar, and that didn't happen. Very good derby game. Um, I think War- I think Warminster looked like the better side, but um, Devizes certainly huffed and puffed. And actually, Warminster really only saw things out in the latter part of the second half, where they made their su- superior class tell. So a deserved three points, I think, for the Red and Blacks there. But, it, you know, as always, a good time had by all. It was a very good crowd, as we can see from the attendance. And, um, you know, a really nice day. I took my kids. Um, they nearly behaved themselves. In fact, actually, I was very tempted to see if I could put in a claim for a, a 20 quid match fee because I spent quite a lot of time fishing the ball out um, of the hedge behind uh, one of the goals uh, which is the first time that's ever happened to me um, at Devizes but now a good time had by all and uh, great to see of course um, not only um, so many um, um, lovely people at the game but also Roland Millard he was there with his periscope turned up in his black and red submarine and um, him and Jamie House were doing the uh, the commentary and uh, well frankly for, for those of us who turned up to the match and were unable able to watch any of it due to the wind the rain and two rather belligerent children and that was a great way to uh, to catch up so yeah so a great a great day was had by all there now of course last week we had the aaron wilson on the manager of lebec and we were promising we were being promised good things from them our, our new boys in the first division they had their first home game in the first division how did they get on Unfortunately, they, they fell to defeat but they might have been taken on one of the better sides in the division i think in uh Cowan. uh Stuart Windsor in particular looks like a yeah an early season favourite for potentially a, a golden boot this year. It's his second double of the season um, and yeah, led them to a 3-0 victory. Uh, Carl, that is, uh, he scored both of the goals in their victory last week uh, and then yeah, and then struck twice after the interval in this one as well. Um, uh, adding to a goal from Josh Hard uh, to, to, to maintain Carl's winning streak. So yeah, uh, a defeat for Lebec but uh, a good win for, for Carl on, on Saturday afternoon. Well, if Khan were one of the pre-season promotion favourites, then, of course, another side that um, we've got our eye on, again, another Wiltshire side, um, Corsham Town. Now, they travelled to Radstock Town, the miners, and, um, well, we, uh, we expect great things of Corsham, but um, perhaps we need to expect greater things of Radstock. If you missed out on following this game on, or, or games on Saturday afternoon then just came across results, I think this one would have obviously stood out like a, like a sore thumb. Radstock winning out 7-2 victors at home to Corsham. Um, as you say, don't think many people would have predicted this coming into the season and even yeah, if you'd asked them on, uh, at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Uh, a pair of draws between the two last year as well, so obviously not 
not much between the sides uh, 12 months ago, but it was, uh, yeah, the Miners who yeah, laid down an early season marker in this one. Uh, James Rustle bagging a hat-trick for the hosts. Uh, also goals from Morgan Skip, uh, Sam and Scott Gregory, and then Jack Biddiscombe as well. Um, and, yeah, a pretty chastening afternoon for Caution, I expect. And Josh Brighton and Jamal Chevalo did manage to, to score in, in either half for them. But, uh, yeah, Radstock eventually running out 7-2 winners. And, yeah, as I say, laying down an early marker. Um, we'll see if they can back this up over the next couple of weeks. I know you're an avid watcher of social media. Did you see James Rustle's goal on uh, on Twitter? I have indeed. Yeah, that's the sort of sort of thing that piques my interest. A uh, bit of a rasp. I think there's been a few, uh, well, one each weekend so far. That's really uh, so. That I can't remember who was it last week. There was a there was a a 40 yarder last week that was um, yeah quite unbelievable. And we had another another terrific effort this week. So yeah, if people can keep keep filming these clips and and getting them in, it's uh, yeah. Certainly, certainly helps us out for for certain people that can't, you know, get to get to matches. And obviously, yeah, it was good good to see that the the, the talent is 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 there. And obviously, this is the first division game as well. So yeah, yeah, I did see it, and it was yeah rather terrific. I mean, I'm reliably informed that there were two video cameras mm. and two um, of very esteemed photographers. Mm. We should say award-winning photographers. Mm, of course, we had John Newport yeah. at that game, and we also had John Cuthbertson. Mm. Very much so, very much so. Um, but, um, yeah, I, w- w- for, for anybody who hasn't um, uh, seen that goal, you, you really have to get on social media. And I'm sure Corsham and um, particularly Radstock will have, will have retweeted it. So it's well worth having a look, not least for the commentary. Now, I, when I say commentary, don't, you won't have to suffer me doing this, listeners. Don't worry about that. But there is a wonderful moment where you can hear from the stand somebody telling Rustle, who is a good 40 yards away from the goal before he unleashes his effort, to shoot. And then literally about two seconds later, you hear the words, don't let him shoot. And just as the ball is just careering straight into the top corner, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it's got great comedic effect. It's a wonderful thing. It really is to see. And um, uh, I, I, um, I have a confession to make because I went to the Radstock Family Fun Day. Oh, okay. Uh, on Sunday, which was of course the day after the game, and they were absolutely tickled pink by that result, as you'd expect them to be, because I think everybody's expecting Corsham to do well this season. I'm expecting Corsham to do well this season. I don't think that that result necessarily changes that, because we've had a history in the first division, in particular, of teams that have made a slow start um, to the campaign. I think Corsham had a bad day at the office, and it may well be that Radstock. It was one of those occasions where everything that they did turned to gold, and I sincerely hope for them because they're one people at Southfield's uh, recreation ground that they you know that they do have a good season and things continue what that result means for Radstock we're, we're yet to see but of course what a wonderful chance to catch up with the Radstock town manager Brett Partner had a difficult season last season what a wonderful start to the new season he's had with that incredible victory and I asked him whether that whether that win over Corsham changes his his expectations for this season not really. Pre-season's always been working towards winning the league. I'm a manager who's very ambitious and I've set my standards straight away. I've got players in who I feel needed to be in that team to win us the league. Got them in. Um, pre-season's been fantastic. Uh, really high standard, taking some good teams apart. Um, and now it's everybody's showing in the game against Caution. But again, it's only one game. So it's, it's a long season. Anything can change, but... My standards are we are, want to win the league, and it's always been from the first day. If you've asked any of the players, the first meeting we had was we are winning this league. So you've got to be on board and shape up or ship out, and they've all done fantastically. You know, we've got a squad of 22. 
and they're all very good 22 players so it's, it's a bit of a headache for me but um, nice yeah it's a very nice headache to have yeah very good uh, now, really, I, I should have let you bask a little bit more in the result because um, 7-2 um, is, a, is obviously a fantastic scoreline. And you're quite right, we can't get um, overly carried away. But um, there was a fantastic family fun day on Sunday, which I came up to with my, with my little girl, Betty. And there was a real buzz around the club. That result meant clearly so much to everybody involved with Redstock Town Football Club. Last season, I came in halfway through and I've, I've said, right, we're changing the whole club. And ideally, obviously, from my point of view, the football side of it, want to have a, a, a philosophy and a, um, and a branding of this is Radstock Football Club. Also, the other part is I want it to be a family club. I want everyone to know everyone. I want more crowd, more of a crowd there each game. And like we do, like you said, you know, we've got family things on. And I want all the players there. And I think 90% of the players were there, you know, either taking part in things or just mingling with the fans and supporters and people that come up and... You know, Radstock's a massive club, really. If you look behind the scenes, people that do um, the bar, um, the bar's always open every day, really. At night, you know, we've got skittles on. Um, players go up just for drinks sometimes. And the main thing for me is to get Radstock to what it was years and years and years ago because supporters tell me it's a family club, family club. And when I first took over from um, Shane when he first left, was it was very... You know, depleted. It was the fans weren't engaging with the f- players. The players had no identity. There was no, you know, the results weren't going their way. So I was like, right, I need to put a stamp on what I want for the club. I told Simon, the chairman, what I wanted. He was fully backing me. So I brought in a, a playing squad for the end of the end of the season, really, and especially the this new season come on. And it still wonders, you know, it's we got people coming up to Fundays and players coming up. We've got supporters mingling with the players. And like you said, there's a massive buzz. Everyone had a smile on their face yesterday because they know all the hard work we've done from last season and they've seen us in the pre-season. And you, now you start seeing the type of football we're playing. Where, you know, And I've showed the stats to, to yourself and you just it's fantastic type of football we're playing. And now we're trying to film games and show people what we're about, really. And what I didn't like was seeing on Twitter polls where writing us off straight away okay that's actually made me more hungry to win this league because people are writing us off already you know not the ones that have seen us play and seen how the club is it's a fantastic club fantastic players we've got here and we're trying to have a fantastic playing style so I'm hoping by the end of the season we can keep that going and make it even better and then um, take Rads up to the next level well, let's talk a bit about that performance on Saturday. And in fact, actually, we can even turn back to the Khan game. Now, of course, you were unsuccessful in the Khan game. But just before we started this interview, um, we had a look at some of the statistics that you have produced um, of your matches. And they, they tell a different story, don't they? They tell a story about that style that you were talking about. Well, like I said, the stats show a different thing. But at the end of the day, it's, it's the end results, 2-0. You know, it, you've seen it. It's two shots on target for them, two goals. We've had... Seven, eight on target, and fifteen shots overall. It's just how that game, how the game goes. On the flip side of it, you know, it was a sort of the same performance against Caution, but it was more you taking your chances. I said before the game, take your chances, and you can batter teams because you get the first goal, you get the second goal quickly, and that's it. It's changed the game. We just, you know, it, people that watched against Khan the first twenty minutes, we were electric. You know, it, somehow the ball just did go in the back of the net, and the managers after the game said, I'd, and even uh, he texted me yesterday actually saying, "How you didn't beat us? It's still incredible." You know, and it is. You know, but it's a long season. It's a very hard way of playing my way because it's a high pressing, 
possession, attacking, counter-attacking football. And it's a hard way to do it. And it's, it's not a quick fix. It's not a quick, you can do it straight away. So it's taken half a season last year. But against Khan, yeah, it was um, also a bit of a wake-up call. We can play that type of football, but you've got to be clinical and you've got to have that winning mentality. You've got to have that hunger to score. And I just I was in the change room for about half an hour after the game, just really laying into him about, you know, you can't miss chances because, you know, you can dominate the game, but you still lose 2-0. Stats mean nothing if you lose 2-0, you know, and you know, it's great to have the stats and look at the games back, but you've, you've got to put the ball back in there. And my forwards, I said, I, I shaked it up a little bit against the Caution game because I said, I will not play players on reputation. You, if you play well, you keep your shirt. And I've, I'm sticking to that because we got a great performance out of them because there's some players, I said, you've got to have a good performance today. And there's players, uh, you know, I don't mind saying it, James Rustall, didn't have the greatest game. I had a chat with him. I know he's better than that. I said to him, you dropped. I want a reaction from you. He goes and scores a hat-trick and he comes on. So it's good in a way. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but it shows the mentality of the players. You know, they're working really hard towards what I want and they're buying into it and it's, it's shown in this game and hoping shows in every other game we play so I know for people who've obviously watched a lot of Radstock over the years and I appreciate the fact you came in halfway through last season but um, Radstock have, have, have been a footballing side certainly in the time that I've covered them and I know that's very central to your philosophy but they've also been an inconsistent side and sometimes they've lost out in games where perhaps they needed to grind out a result so do you feel that, that that's something that you can build on this season do you think you can get that consistency can you can you teach them how to win ugly 1-0 as well as this spectacular 7-2 result they had at the weekend yeah like I say every game is it's not as easy as it is you know you've got to grind results out and I think that comes from players experience you know if you put too many young players in there they can't sometimes grind it out so you've got to have a mixture of experience and young players but I think this year is different from years because again I've played for Radstock I've played for other teams as well this Radstock team it's very different to any Radstock team I've played you know there's been some great Radstock teams I've played in but there's never been an identity of you know if something's not going right what's our next plan B you know at Radstock we've got plan A plan B plan C different formations different ways of playing so if it's not going right you know I, I always put five on the bench some players uh, managers put three on the bench because it's easy don't let anyone down because you can only play three you know two players get left out but I always have scenarios of gone you know for winning the game I've got defenders on the bench. If we're losing the game, I've got attackers on the bench. You know, I try and plan for all different scenarios. And I think the way of coaching and managing is changing. You know, it's, people say it's a very dinosaur area of play your best players and that's it and see, see what happens, you know, because they haven't got a lot on the bench. For me, I tell my players, if you're on the bench, there's a reason why. Not because you're, you're, sometimes you're playing bad, actually, because I think... I need you in the last 30 minutes of that game because I know if, they, if they're tiring, I know you're a quality player, you can come on and, and change the game for me. Because I always say, it's not over 70 minutes you win a game, it's 90 minutes. You can score a goal in the last 90 second minute and win us the game. So I need players coming on because you get some players that come on and don't do a lot because they're sulking, they've been on the bench. But you get some players who come on and have that like that second wave of buzz, you know, and they, get, and they win you the game. And I try and balance that. But I think, you know, Football's changed a lot, and at Radstock, it has been very inconsistent. You know, last, um, not last year, year before that, you know, we were in a really good position of finishing top, and it was that season where it was really wet, and we had three games a, se- uh, a week for the next like three weeks. It's impossible to get a, a really fit team, everyone available for every game. 
so we started to drop off after that, even though we were playing really good football. But I think if we can keep everyone fit, have a big squad, which I keep saying to the boys, you know, if you're not playing, it's a long season. If you do well in cups as well, you're going to have a 60-game season and everyone's not going to be available. It could be holidays, it could be injuries, it could be wherever it is. It'll even out maybe everyone nearly playing sort of the same minutes because of that. You know, you might get the odd person who plays nearly every game. But Radstock, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to change it into a, a team where it's very consistent and a way of playing and everyone knows what they're doing, you know, and changing the way of football in, in non-league in a way. You know, I think Corsham are doing it really well. Canesham did it really well last season. Um, uh, Warminster, I think, are doing really well this season as well. And uh, Football's changing, and it's changing for the good. You know, it's not going to be inconsistent. If ever, You know as well as me, players at non-league level are very inconsistent. They go to different clubs, they, you know, they've got holidays, they work, which is understandable. If you can keep a team, a good 20-man squad who are committed and don't go on obviously holiday for the season or and very lucky with injuries you're going to do really well in the league and I've said that to my players Any so my players they've given me all their holiday dates if they're going away so I know beforehand I know when he's going away I need that person that, that game and so on so it's just trying to organise it a bit better and if you organise it behind the scenes it's a bit more consistent on the pitch and in the club and so on like that really there were a lot of familiar faces to me, in particular in the Miners' lineup on Saturday. And obviously, it's good to see the likes of Luke Ingram, James Rustle, Morgan Skip, and of course Jack Metcalf, obviously involved again this season. But for the fans listening to this, what new players have you been able to bring in in the pre-season? What what names are there to look out for? Well, we've tried to keep most of the squad um, from last year because I really do believe that they're a very good squad. And I've said that we've lost uh, a couple of players, but that's understandable. They've gone to a higher league, which is I would never stop a player from going. If, if a bigger team comes in, I think they can really push on. I wouldn't stop them. You know, I'm always an honest manager. But there's some players we've brought in. Um, we've got Scott Gregory. He played. He used to play for us. He went to Longwood Green due to work. But he's come back. He's a really good centre back. Again, he scored um, against Corsham. Um, we've got a guy called LJ um, Watson, who's a holder midfielder, sweeps up fantastically, um, and just every pass is a forward pass, so it really counters really well. Uh, we've got Ryan Childs back, another local lad. He used to play for Radstock. Again, he brings a wealth of experience with him, uh, and again, fits in with my philosophy. I've only picked players who would fit in my philosophy. If they're a long ball team or, or anything, you know, or a long ball player type, you know, and I'm not, I don't want them. You know, if you need to play my way, or you're not playing for me, you know, regardless, regardless how good you are, if you can't play my way, I'm not having you in my team, and that's how ruthless I got to be because I want to build a team that can play football, um, and I want to build local players as well. You know, I don't want to bring players from Bristol, or, or you know, like some teams do, they throw money at people to come from far away. That's not really what I'm about. I want to build like I say a family club so we can get players you know we've got another player called uh, Morgan Marsh who's come in used to play for Froome played in America as well very very good football player um, but we've brought about five or six but there's some of the names in there um, I've, like I've said who are, who are going to really change our team and add to the quality because the quality there at the moment you know me and my assistant Nathan Farquharson he's you know, we've both said it and gone, this is a very good team. And he's, he's an ex-professional and he's played some good teams. And he said the buzz around this club 
of how it is and the players we've got. And we've seen them, you know, in pre-season. I try to get the players in as much as I can. Uh, th- three times a week we did it. We were training on a Tuesday night for two hours, Thursday night for two hours, and a Saturday for two hours. So that's six hours out of the whole week. Just to, one, put as many sessions on as I can because some players can only maybe make one session a week. So I'd rather turn up one session than nothing. So I put on as much as I can two-hour sessions and it's all technical it's all ball work you know the first two weeks were a little bit of fitness but you can't get away from that but it was fitness with a ball as well it was all conditioned it was all like sports science because Nath who he, he's got a qualification now he he takes them for the the sports science stuff the conditioning you know we've got players there who came at back overweight they've lost a stone and a half you know and it's like we're doing something good for them as well which is fantastic and it helps us out as well because we condition them well. Um, it, it benefits the club, you know, because they're fitter um, and they can play. They're faster and everything. So, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, it's it, it's good. It's, it's it's a lot of hard work we've done, and I'm hoping it'll show. But yeah, the players we brought in, uh, yeah, it will really add to the quality. Now, one final question. You've got Hengrove on Saturday, then Wells. Um, these are two sides that and they could do quite well this season, I think. Um, how important are these early matches for you? You've got to set the standard. You've got to get a winning mentality. And I've said that at the first five games, you've, you've, this is before the Khan game, you've got to win them. You know, you've got to stamp out to everyone, we're here to win the league. You know, obviously Khan didn't go so well, but, you know, Caution really showed... Because Caution are a very good team. No, you know, regardless of the score, they are tipped to win the league. And yeah, we, okay, we beat them seven-two, but don't take any respect away from them. They are, they will still be up there. You know, obviously, we've just taken our chances and we dominate possession and so on. So we, for us, it was a really good performance from us. But they, again, they will be up there. They're a very professional outfit. Wales and Hengrove again. Hengrove have come down. Again, I need to do my research on them and see what type of players they've got because I know they've lost quite a few players. But Wales have. I, what I know of anyway talking to different managers and knowing the players they've got quite a strong team so I think Wales will probably be up there as well um, you know if you're going to win the league you've got to try and win, win everything and every game regardless if halfway through the season for example if a team's at the bottom you've got to have the same mentality as if you're playing a top team you can't be complacent I've hopefully being through the pre-season my boys and after the caution game and actually realisation of actually we can play that way against a team that are tipped to win the league. So you, you can play. It's actually buying into it and going, actually have a bit of confidence in yourself as well. You can play that type of football. You can, you know, take your chances. You can do things that you might not have thought you could do. You know, and it's actually believing in yourself, really. And, yeah, I'm, I'm confident every game because I believe in my players and so does Nathan, so does my backroom staff and the club. They believe these players can win most of the games we can. But, again... You know what football's like. It's, you know, we thought we could beat Carl and we lost 2 now. <laughs> and my thanks to Brett for his time. Now, finally, before we preview this, uh, the, uh, the matches coming up, uh, we did have one extra preliminary round game in the FA Cup. A Sunday tie, Sunday the 11th of August, and Roman Glass travelled to Winslow United. How did they get on, Tom? Completed an amazing win. Uh, a 3-2 victory uh, for Roman Glass. Uh, two goals... Uh, either side of the break from Ryan Radford uh, gave him a 2-1 advantage Winslow then pulling a goal back uh, with 20 minutes left uh, and the game was yeah, seemingly heading for a, for a replay uh, but Roman Glass St George managed to, to sneak a late winner it was Steve Fitzpatrick uh, with a fantastic 
uh, late goal, uh, setting up another away tie uh, at Didcot in the next round. And yeah, uh, Roman Glass St George's first victory in the competition for 66 years, I think I read yesterday. So uh, a fantastic result for the club and yeah, congratulations to all of them. Excellent stuff. Now we have another FA Cup replay coming up this week on Tuesday the 13th of August. It's Cribs against Wellington, but of course by the time you're listening to this podcast that game will already have happened. Uh, The game that won't hopefully have happened is uh, Cheddar. Uh, They are taking on Carn Town in the First Division on Friday the 16th of August. That is a 7.45 kick-off. And of course those two sides very much, they've had a great start to proceedings um, this season and both sides very much in the shake-up for promotion in the first division so it'll be very interesting to see who comes out on top in that encounter. Now we will look ahead to preview some of our key games in uh, in both divisions on Saturday the 17th of August. Which game have you gone for Tom? Uh, in the Premier Division I've plumped for Tavistock against Bradford obviously Bradford uh, coming off a, a pretty good win in the cup away at, at Cheddar uh, and Tavistock have made a, a fast start to, to life in the in the Western League. So for them to host Bradford, it uh, looks like a good test. Um, not not generally going to say we'll find out if they're the real deal, but uh, yeah, a good test for both sides. Really, Bradford on their travels uh, down to Devon, and and Tavistock playing one of the the proverbial big boys. So uh, yeah, look forward to seeing how that one plays out. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. So much so that I've gone for almost the. Um the opposite of that fixture, uh, a very well-established side, a side that we expect to go very well in the Premier Division, Bitten. They're at home to Exmouth Town, of course, another one of our new boys, but another team that started the league incredibly well, and one which many people who are watching the Western League will be keeping an eye on. So that game, Bitten against Exmouth Town, will be very interesting to see how that one pans out. Moving on to the First Division, Tom, and which, uh, which game here tickles your fancy? I've gone for uh, Almondsbury against Porter's Head, both coming off uh, victories uh, in the league this this or last weekend, uh, each scoring three goals. So, yeah, not too bad a form to head into this tie. And uh, interesting to see how those two get on. There is a wasp there. Go away. He's off, look. Bless him. Uh, right then, well, and uh, my game in the first division, I'm going to go for Corsham Town against Bishops Lydia. Of course, Bishops Lydia had that incredible 7 0 win uh, on the first day of the season. Um, Corsham Town on the wrong end of a seven goal scoreline at the weekend, but I still think that they'll come good. Of course, we shouldn't forget just um, how well Canesham did last season after a slow start, and I do think that um, Corsham may well repeat that pattern. We'll have to wait and see. Of course, game, football is a game of opinions, um, but it'll be interesting to see how Corsham do go. And I think that this game against Bishops Lydia, a very good Bishops Lydia side, and that will give us an indication um, just uh, how well Corsham are going to going to go this season now of course as always Tom and um, we have been reviewing your excellent uh, bulletin where can the listeners find that uh, that is on the the website uh, it's on the home page uh, there's a link uh, takes you to the most recent um, uh, bulletin which is downloadable in uh, word and pdf format uh, and then it's also along the top there's a there's a tab uh, on the home page which takes you to yeah to that as well so you can can uh, can get hold of it there. We we could do a little bit of situations vacant this week, couldn't we? Because of course we used to. Well, over previous seasons we've talked to you about your um, column in the non-league paper, but there is a vacancy that perhaps some of the listeners might be interested in applying for. Yeah, I mean, I think I believe they're still looking for a reporter to fill my role uh, on Saturday afternoons. So that yeah, that would be a couple hundred words uh, they require um, for. Um, looking at the Premier Division games, uh, which happen on on Saturday afternoon. So yeah, if anyone um, 
anyone who's interested there is information on the website and also in the bulletin so yeah please uh, feel free to check that out and yeah hopefully we uh get someone to, to cover the cover the league hopefully someone local i think that's what we'd all want so yeah if some if anybody knows of anyone who might be interested then uh, yeah please do get in touch Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much indeed uh, for your time and, of course, your excellent research as always um, for the podcast. And I look forward to catching up with you next week for the Tool Station Western League podcast. Mm-hmm.